0: This is As of Late Podcast. I got my boy, Azale, Carolina Prodigy with me. What's going on, doc? What's good, man? How you doing? Chilling, chilling, chilling. Good to see you. Good to have you back on board with us. Thank you for having me again. And we have a lot to discuss, as we were just discussing uh, <laughs> before we hit this record on uh, on whatever this device is. Daggone, we got a lot to discuss dealing with from Big Sean, cold to wrestling, to... Sh- how Cold is Trash, and I ain't gonna oh get into that. Oh my <laughs> God, he's starting already. <laughs> I ain't even gonna get into that. Before, before we go too crazy into that, how you doing, man? How's the family? How's everything going?
1: Everything good, man. I got a lot of PTO coming up, so I'm a little bit happy, you know. Everything mm-hmm. moving and shaking. Healthy. Actually worked out a full week for the most part. So Word. I mean, I got that, uh, that killer mentality uh, that... If you're Dragon Ball Z, I got that Vegeta mentality. Like, uh, I get trained. I, and when, once I get into that mode, I'm ready to go. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm out there, you know, kind of depressed quarantine mode, like being lazy. Like, nah, man, I can't be lazy because I know pretty soon – I'm going to have to put on a pair of jeans, and (laughs) we're not trying to go that route where I'm going to have to buy some more. So you can't wear the sweats all the time? I can't. I've been wearing sweats and hooping shorts this whole time. Ooh, I've been loving it, though, dog. I I do, man, because it's so comfortable. Like, I'm, I'm like, I even know if I ever become a dad or like an old guy, like, I'm one of them lounge type guys. Like, I like to dress down. I hate dressing up. Now, when I dress up, I dress up. But mm-hmm. I like to be comfortable in my clothes. Like, I like to be me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I love my sweats. I love my hooping shorts. Like, I love my t-shirts. Like, that's that's just me. That's my personality.
0: Yeah. Don't you get that shit now? When you were younger, you were like, yo, why is this motherfucker always just wearing fucking sweats all <laughs> the fucking time and shit like that?
1: Bruh. Like, so, yeah, but it's funny. So, my dad is from Chicago, so he dressed like them people from Chicago. And, oh, okay, um, word. He wear, like, the full outfit. Like, he be looking like a onesie. Or, like... If he dressed up, you know, he tried to look like them, like Shy Town Steppers and stuff like that. So he have the Kangol hat, like that loud shirt with them loud matching pants, mm, okay. and then like some gaiters on. So like, ooh, so like a pimp. He a wannabe pimp, but like, so yeah, that's how like, <laughs> home to a lot of pimps. It is man. He he want to be a pimp. If he hear this, I'm gonna send this to him too. He's gonna like this. But mm-hmm. like, he he swear he can dress. I would be like, yo, you are the worst dresser in the world. I say I never want to grow up and dress like you. But now I feel like I halfway dress like a um, a middle school gym teacher. Because I'd be like (laughs) – because you know them cats always dress in sweats and stuff.
0: Yo, they would be chilling. They would be chilling hard, daggone. I dress – that's exactly – you put the nail on the head. If I I had any profession, if, like, this shit was, like, a high school – I would be the fucking middle school. I would be the fucking gym teacher with a fucking hoodie on and some probably fresh kicks and some shorts on. Probably a head. Every fucking day. Yep. Fucking in a, I can do that every fucking day now. Ah. Like, I still kind of bring into that aspect where, like, like today is, like, the first day in a while I wore jeans. Because I'm so used to, like, for real. Like, I'm wearing jeans, I'm wearing boots today. But I still try to, like, match the style of, like, I'm most comfortable in. Like, I got the hoodie on, I right. have the regular hat on that I have. I can get dapper then when I want to, but... I prefer mixing it up. I don't, I don't because I don't like doing that either. I don't like as much as I like a, like the the whole like jumpsuit and like Nike shit. Right. I like dressing like that, but at the same time, I don't like doing that all the time either. So but I do like combining both worlds. Right, right. That's why right. I like 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 I feel like of course like American fashion is dope as hell, but one of my favorite areas of fashion that I look at for admiration a lot is um UK fashion, UK okay. style. I, I like, can see that
1: with your I, outfit on now. I can see that.
0: Yeah, I like how they mix up, like, the the trainers with the fucking daggone. They they may have the coat and, the you know, they might have the trench with the fucking daggone Stone Island shit on and some night Chels- Bo- Chelsea boots and stuff. Mm-hmm, they kind of mix it up very well. And so um, I kind of take a little bit of that into the how, how I dress myself. But it's still gym teacher all day.
1: So, so for <laughs> me, um, besides, of course, you know, American fashion, mine's probably is Japanese fashion. Yeah, like, I mean, I like Japanese culture, like as a whole. But like, I love Japanese fashion. So I like. I'm it's funny because, like, as a kid when I was younger, I didn't like the loud colors, but I love the loud colors. You know, mm. I like, I like, the, I'm really into like the threading of how stuff feels, how it's made, you know, how comfortable it feels on your skins. Like that's like. My thing, the anime style, like the long stuff, like like I love mm. Japanese culture and I love Japanese fashion,
0: yeah that's second for me, that's definitely second like our i mean I, we brought a lot to the table with our American fashion as well, the Americans brought in a lot with it we have we' the we're one of the meccas of when you think of fashion you got new york you got right. you got london, you got tokyo, you got France, you know these are these are the spots on the top of my head that I think of where you Think of areas that are transmitters of fashion, so we're definitely up there. But like, I feel like those other ones just push the envelope for me. Of course, like, and then like, I think with you, you probably can relate because like, you if you think of Japan, that's that's the the home of like the mecca of anime and shit like that. So it bring it brings a lot of their their cats, their fashion people bring a lot of that kind of. Um, affect into their work Absolutely. as well. So it's kind of the best of both worlds if you're into that kind of culture. I still want to go over there. I haven't never gone over there, but I'm planning on going over there next. Hopefully, God willing, when this shit, I mean, I don't think it'll ever get back normal, but where we can travel to where we can at least travel again because, you know, I got the the family that does the military shit in Okinawa. right? So I'm trying to get over there as soon as possible and get that out of the way because with COVID and shit like that, one thing that I did, and I think we kind of talked about this last episode is just um, not procrastinating on, not necessarily procrastinating on the purpose of finding the purpose of like what we want. And with that is, with, with that is procrastination and like not, and not taking shit for granted, you know? And I've had a bad habit of taking shit for granted when it comes to like being an American and like being able to travel like how I want. This shit is definitely welcoming to be like, you know what? I'm a, Take the time out to really treat myself and really go to these spots that I haven't discovered yet. Because who knows, dude, at the, at the end of the day. Tomorrow
1: is not promised to anybody. Um, and, I mean, I agree with you. And that's why I've been very adamant about doing a lot of different things that I said I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm right there with you, man. And once I can travel, that's number one on my list. But to stay on the same topic it's fashion How would you describe Charlotte fashion? If you was like an outsider or out-of-towner and, you know, you were like, how do y'all dress in Charlotte? If you can describe Charlotte fashion, how would you describe it?
0: Mm, I mean, that's crazy because it all depends on – back in the day I could tell – excuse me. I could tell where somebody was from in Charlotte based off of their dress. Like I could tell a West Side dude back in the day if they were from the West Side – I could tell if somebody was from the east side, I could tell. Now, this is just my personal personal opinion. Like, the west side was known for, like, and every side has their soldiers. Every side has their headbusters. But the west side was known for, like, the, like the connects, the daggone headbusters and shit like that. North Charlotte was more of, like, the, the you know, the chopper boys and shit like that. The crown vics with the daggone AKs in the back that you had to look out for. East side was, like, a... Was like for me growing up here was we used to call it the Middle East back in the day because like we were a melting pot like I, all my friends were kind of based like that too like right. I grew up with like I grew up around the east side of Charlotte around from Al to Central and a lot of my friends from from East Indian to Pakistani to white to like African real like African like Nigerian Sudanese. Um, I grew up in a very mixed culture, and you can kind of tell that if you just drive down, like, Central Avenue and see, like, the chain of different, like, ethnic ethnic type of restaurants that you'll bump into. Like, anytime somebody asks, like, where's to get some, like, some kind of food, I recommend them to a lot of spots that's on the east side because, especially if they're looking for, like, Vietnamese or um, real authentic Mexican food, like, I mean, the south side has done a real good job of doing that as of late, but in the beginning stages when I was growing up, the east side of Charlotte was, like, known for, like, Hispanic culture. Now, they've migrated, like I said, to the south, like, Tavola and stuff like that. You've seen um, the south side kind of take its own identity for Hispanic culture. But back in the day, it was like a melting pot on the east side. And so I would say we dressed a combination of those different cultures mixed with our own and the bigger cities that we admired. Like, the south – Always admired Atlanta. I personally, in no disrespect to Atlanta, I always hated Atlanta because of the track record I had going there. Like, I had three situations where I had a situation. I went there. I had a flat tire and got a ticket. And my uncle died that same weekend at Atlanta. I had a situation where I got robbed there in Atlanta. And then something else happened. And it was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not visiting Atlanta no more. And then I went one more time as, like, an adult for something because my friend that I was talking about last episode who's was um, homosexual and had, like, he ended up being, like, a big choreographer down there. I went to go check him out for a showcase. And I was like, you know what? That's my boy. I'm going to try these motherfuckers one more time. <laughs> and I ended up having a good time because I was with the right people you know the right. other the other times I went I was kind of freebasing it I was free you know I was I was young dumb full of cum just like you know let's do it like me and my boys shout out to Todd Harrison back in the day we used to be friends and um we were just like, you know, we were just getting our licenses. I was just getting my license anyway. Just coming upon what we think was some money back in the day. I was like, you know what, fuck, let's just go to Atlanta for the weekend, right. not knowing anybody there, not knowing any kind of setup. Was just like, oh yeah, we should, yeah, Super Eight, yeah, let's stay the Super <laughs> Eight motel. That's it, fine. And like high nothing, class, yeah, high class. We're really doing it. In they the, got an ice the, maker in the middle of the city, thinking we like in like the best part of town. Don't know nowhere, nobody in the fucking Atlanta, man. We got robbed like within like the next day. Wow. I was like, man, at the at the I'm Never forget it. Like at that fucking underground, that spot where you get your yeah, shoes and shit. Yeah, yeah, You avoid that spot mm-hmm. now. It's
1: funny. That's Because you were like, yeah, don't go to the underground.
0: Mm-hmm. They got me good, too. They got me for a damn deal. My old naive ass was like, because he came and was like, yo, man, like, what shoes you getting? I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to look at these. You know, I'm going to get these. And he was like, you know, man, he was like, I get you those shoes half off. You know, we just go. I was like, what? I heard half off. He was like, man, he was like, that's why I'm posted up in here, man. Like, they be trying to hate on me. You know, I'm trying to like look out for my people and stuff like that. He used the whole black line on me. I was like, oh, all right, you know, I gotta look up for my brother, man. I followed this nigga outside. (laughs) 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 That motherfucker was like, yeah, get up. I was like, ah dang. It was a perfect setup too. He caught me lacking like a mug. He got he pulled that thing out. I was like, I had and I just went to the ATM. So I had like 200 on me. I was like, ah damn. damn." He took all of that. I was like, son of a bitch. I was so pissed. I was so fucking pissed. And Todd, Todd was look li- he did it while Todd was fucking like I, he did it so fucking smooth. I I, I can't do, I can't hate on the guy. He right, did right, it right. like you can tell he was used to doing that. Like he would he would probably go there from like twelve to six hitting licks. And like or twelve to two the and like, until he got a big one. And fucking daggone. He did it so smooth and Todd was he was he was trying on shoes. Right. And so like I fought, I didn't tell like as you get younger, I was like 18 or something. You are not thinking about that shit. You thinking like just because you're from like certain people ain't gonna fuck with you just absolutely because you're from and a lot of people are like guys, I'm gonna tell you this right now. I don't care where the fuck you're from. Well I don't call I don't care if you came from the toughest hood of fucking Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Respect other people's territories, respect other people's hoods. And not to say I didn't respect that. I just was naive. Right. And sometimes young people can be very naive of thinking they cannot be touched. And you you got to realize that every city is the same, meaning, like, there's rich people, there's broke people, there's hoodlums everywhere. I don't care if you're in – I don't care if I'm in fucking North Dakota. There is a hood in there. It with is. With some tough-ass pride crips in there. They think they from California that will still fuck your head up. <laughs> exactly. And so you respect that as you get older. When you're younger, you're kind of naive. And so I was naive and – wasn't thinking, but that's, that's, that's a long, another long-winded story. That's why I didn't fuck with Atlanta. And so <clears throat> a, lot of my, a lot of the fashion, the other spot I was going to say, or New York, or for me was California. Like I grew up with siblings, and so I grew up where I was heavily influenced by Tupac, by uh, not Biggie. I didn't get into Biggie until I was older um, Snoop Dogg and shit like that. I grew up around a lot of fans of West Coast culture. And so my, like I said, it's either a mixture of the ethnicity, the the ethnicity aspect of, like, where people are from in that region of Charlotte, or, um, we're copying other styles of different shit, whether it's from, like, you know, somebody may come from California or you watch uh, Snoop Dogg videos. Like, that's where I got the whole idea of wearing when I was younger, um, hockey jerseys right? because I seen him wearing, I seen him wearing a hockey jersey for the first time and it was like, yo, that shit go dope for the wintertime. And so, you know, you just take bits and pieces of shit because we didn't really, as you know, growing up here as well, Charlotte didn't really have as, our own identity yet. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like even though we, we as a city know the identity and the culture of Charlotte, the world does not know that yet. Like their world is still trying to mash us in with like Atlanta and like maybe it's a little bit of this, maybe it was that. And so I know for me,
1: um, like when I was growing up, so like I used to go to Chicago often and back to when you said respect other peoplehood, I learned up there, you know, you better like it, it wasn't as bad as it is now. I learned up there you better be on your best behavior. So they got like, some headbusters up there now. Man, don't play no games. And like my grandma and granddad house is on like hundred and tenth. So it's like I think they call it like the wild one hundreds or whatever. Um, so I knew not to, you know, mess around with there, but RIP to my uncle, he just passed away, man. He was an OG, OG, OG. Apparently, I think he lived, like, across the um way from Mr. T back in the day. Dang. <clears throat> but, um, but, yeah, so, like, I talked to my dad. I remember I went to one cookout. They was talking about, like, GDs and BDs and all that. But, like, even when I went up there, like, I remember my little cousin, he used to put me up on fashion He'd be like, man, y'all ain't got Red Monkey. I was like, Red Monkey. I was like, what the hell is that? Because, like, down here, we didn't have that at that time. I think mm-hmm. this is like, when we was in middle school. He's like, yeah, Red Monkey jeans. He was like, man, y'all ain't up on that. Like, he put me on LRG. Yeah. And I was like, oh, LRG. Like, I, I'm like, I'm feeling this or whatever. And then he put me on uh, or and Peli Peli because, you know, they used to wear a lot of that up there. Mm-hmm. So when it came to, like, fashion, I used to try to kind of borrow from them. But then whatever was available down here, so, like. Middle school, high school, of course, white tees. Like you said, that was kind of everywhere. That was universal. Um, Dickies was my shit. Like, you could go to Walmart get some Dickies. I had had a full
0: brown UPS colored Dickie outfit. I'm talking about pants and shirt to match. Underrated, bro. Me and my brother were just talking about Dickies. He was talking about bringing them back and getting a full Dickie suit. Dickie
1: suits (laughs) was my thing. Um, I could never afford Jabot's. <clears throat> and I ain't never want to be that one guy who bought one pair of Jabos, and then you can only wear them, like, one week. Because you know if you wear them the next week, people are like, ah, oh, you wore yeah. those last
0: week. They're going to be on your ass. They're going to be on your ass because... I didn't give a damn about that in rip, high school. I, so, I did, bro. I was, I was like, like I would man, sh- I ain't want no smoke. Somebody called me out one time, and it was my friend. But the reason... Asshole. The only reason... Shout out to, I mean, we ain't we ain't cool like how we, we ain't cool no more at all. I and mean, this was Todd Harrison. Right, right. But um, um, the only reason he did that is because he was, this chick that he was fucking with. Wow. Um, it always comes back down to a chick, right? Always. always. <laughs> this chick that he was fucking with was giving me more attention this particular time. And um was like yo, I like your outfit and stuff like that. And my boy Todd, he could not stand that shit though, because he tried so hard that day. He was like, right. he was like, yo, he just wore that yesterday. See, and man, it was like hating, man. And she and bruh, it was like, it was like God was on my side that day though. Cause you know how crazy it was. He was like yelling this at them. Cause I remember, shout out to Corinne, shout out to Jessica. They were they were like literally within like reaching distance. Right. And fucking he said that shit. He was like, right here and they just continued to fucking talk like this nigga wasn't even there. They were just like she's like what kind of shoes are those? I was like oh yeah these are like I was it was crazy. He was he was fucking losing it beside me though. I was just fucking rolling. Right. He was like you guys didn't see him wear this shit yesterday? Like, why you cop blocking, like, man let let you like passionate passionate glory. Like why is he hating so hard? I'd do that in a heartbeat. I still would do that now. Like if something's too like now I won't wear it the whole week. Right right like I right. like like And even to the degree of high school, what I would do, I wouldn't wear the same thing, like, back to, like, I might wear the same bottom one day, but I'll flip it, you know what I'm saying? I I may flip and wear a jersey the other day. I may wear the same pants twice back to back. And I'll change the shirt. Um, but I may not change the shoes, and so that's what he meant by that. Like I wasn't wearing the same. I when some, and if you did, fuck it. Like because I do that as an adult sometimes. Right. I go like especially when I used to go out in club and shit. I would go and have a fresh outfit on, and then I'd be like, fuck it. I'd wear it on another side of town the, the, the next day because I didn't I didn't get it out fresh enough. Yeah.
1: I'm right there with you. If I have on a fly fit and I feel like ain't nobody see that fit, I'm like nah. I'm gonna bust that yeah. out tomorrow. Like you gonna see that fit, man. You gonna get this work. And the same thing with you said, <laughs> so you're going to get this work. The same thing with jeans, like jeans you could get away with. And the thing with your bows, though, they had that big old line. Yeah,
0: that's true. And I'm mm-hmm. like,
1: bruh, if I, wear, if I go buy a pair of your bows and normally me, it would have been blue or green with the big old line on it. I can't wear this for like two weeks. I can only wear this like a week at a time because I already know how people are, like you said. How your friends, your friends would be the main one call you up, like, bro, you owe that last week. I'm like, dang, mm. like, as an adult, you don't give a shit, it doesn't uh, I matter, that,
0: damn, Hell no.
1: <laughs> but as like a teenager, you like, nah, man, it's already hard enough being teen. You know, I'm trying to get these ladies, yeah, I'm trying you're to, trying get to get fit in, I'm trying to fit in. You know, you don't want to be the butterball jokes because so I remember in middle school, man, it was this one guy, um, nobody liked him, bro, mm. everybody hate him, and like. He his grandma was one of the teachers for the school, and like nobody liked him. Like he was one of them guys who would try to rap a song, mm-hmm. and he could only rap like maybe two bars of the song. They'd be like, "Man, shut the hell up! You don't oh, know the rest man. of the song." <laughs> so they used to clown him and like they they ridiculed this dude. And then, <clears throat> Samaj, forgive me for this, but um, then <laughs> um, I remember we was in middle school and shout out Samaj. Uh, shout out to Samaj. I hope he listened to this. We was in middle school because um, he ended up. Throwing a pencil and it hit Samaj in his eye. Mm. And like Samaj had a lot of like health issues because of that. So he just really? went Damn. Yeah, off, yeah. Of the, off of the pencil in his eye? Yeah, because I guess that lead poison. Oh, so shit. this dude went from public enemy to number one to like the most hated period. The guy know? who would try to do two bars. Yeah, the two bars because he was the one who did it. Oh. So they hated him like with a passion. And it was like, dang, bro. And, and Samaj was a pretty popular dude. Like, everybody liked him or whatever. So it was like, dang, bro. You just made your situation worse.
0: Mm, we really don't fuck with you now. You,
1: we really. And i that was my goal. Like, I never wanted to be like that one kid that people didn't fuck with. I wanted to be like, which I was. I feel like I was a smart kid. But people like, oh, you know, Ezell be quiet. But i fuck with you. Ezel. Ezell be quiet. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was the one cat where they'd be like, hey, can I copy your homework? I'd be like, I don't give a fuck. Because, like, I'm good. So you, if you ain't going to learn from this, yeah, I don't care. But um, but I got suspended a couple of times too. Like I beat your ass too. Though. so they'd be like on some like yeah we don't want to mess with Izell because he's quiet but he crazy.
0: Yeah, so that was yeah. like that's the, how it was for me. People was like, what is? They were trying to figure me out, especially in middle school. By by the time of high school, um, it kind of I was kind of figured out already as like a dude, um, kind of like the, the Zakes guy back in the day. He'd be like he's a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> but don't try him on some shit like that because right. I was connected in the sense of. Um, especially, you know, like when you make that transition from middle school to high school, I went to high school with a lot of my neighborhood. And so right. it was like by the time I was in ninth grade, um, like I didn't get in. I didn't get in Not one. Uh, mm, no, not in high school, because by that time I was chilling with older dudes. And so it was like only the last time I got tried was in middle school and got suspended for a fight. And then, funny enough, like going down the road, me and he's me and this guy went to high school together, um, and become and became really good friends because he stayed right. right down the road from me. He stayed in like, off of like Lebanon or something like that. I can't remember. But um, going to the high school with a lot of my neighborhood, I didn't really have any confrontations. People knew me based off like my cousins and stuff like that. And so it was like once I went there, I was always the dude in ninth grade hanging out with like eleventh graders and stuff right. like that, and was known as. I would I would be hanging out with the Gs, I'd be hanging out with the nerds, I'd be hanging out with football cats. Um just I don't know, it just floated like that because of just the older the older crowd that I hung around kind of put me into that element. And so I was all around known as just like a quiet cool dude because right. cuz I didn't want no drama. I would barely come to school when I like I graduated high school by the for real cuz like I was going through a lot mentally and stuff, so I didn't really Especially 12th grade year, I I just treated 12th grade just literally really like a Disney comedy or some shit. Like, that That 12th grader that just didn't give a fuck. And right, was like right. the, the guidance counselor would be like, well, if you don't do this, you're going to get an F. And, like, right. you end up having a uh, friendship with a girl that helps you out. Uh, shout out, uh, Akeisha, daggone, that helped me out, daggone, that helped me pass and shit like that. But I didn't give a damn about fucking school. Like, I was just, like, there. I was just there to be. I was literally going to school to, like, talk. Like, I was going to school to, like, talk. And, like, I didn't even get into, like, the working aspect of it until it was almost too late. And so, um, with that, I was just, I was blessed enough to where I didn't have any altercations by the time I got into high school. But I was still trying to figure myself out. I still was, just doing stupid shit, as kids kids do, you know?
1: I agree with you, because when I was there, I know... um 11th and 12th grade year, you know, I, I was in computer classes or a lot of them. And I kind of wish I would have paid attention a little bit more then because what I do now would have helped me out. But like a lot of times we will be in class watching rap battles or, you know, getting um, playing like Nintendo 64 emulators. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, we wasn't doing shit, bro. Like we were just BSing. And it's kind of like, dang, granted. Nintendo what? Uh, so emulators. So basically, an emulator is where um, you basically get like a version of a system so it can be like a playstation sega or game boy and then you put it on a computer and it's kind of like a a program that you play and then it has like all these games loaded up so you can play everything from mario to like
0: mortal kombat to street fighter oh i know what you're talking about so yeah so that's that's an emulator
1: yeah exactly so we had like nintendo 64 emulator so it's like um you were doing that in class yeah, <laughs> we'll do that in class. We'll do that, or we'll be watching uh, rap battles and be Ooh, like, "Oh man, that's this shit!" Up. And this, we talking rap battles like Murder Mook and um, um, mm-hmm. uh, Loaded Lux, Loaded Lux. Yeah, there you go, Murder Mook, uh, or like Serious Jones or whatever. So like, Ooh, we watch Serious like
0: Jones battles back in the day at Jay Mills. So was we was, my boy.
1: We watching like rap battles, and that's all right. we used to do. And then I remember one class, me and my homeboy was in. Um, I swear, I think the teacher we had was a little slow. And all we did was just get one person paper and just copy off of it. <laughs> and then everybody get 100, except this one girl who actually would try. And the teacher was like, everybody made 100 except you, Puya, because that was her name. I think she was like an India girl. And I'm like, dang, wouldn't you as a teacher be like, how's everybody getting 100 except this one girl? Mm. And uh, I guess she just thought she was that great of a teacher, but whatever. She didn't
0: give a fuck. She knew what the fuck was going on. She
1: did. Nah, she was kind of
0: slow. Like, we had. And what was her the, name? You don't remember her name?
1: Uh, Miss Winchester. I think that was her name.
0: No, I don't I didn't have her. Miss
1: Winchester. I think I had her 11th and 12th grade year. But like. This was an Independence. This was Independence. And we had everything from like, I think we had Crip in there. We had a blood in there. We had this dude who was from Russia. Because I remember we used to talk to this dude from Russia. I used to be like, hey, man, what will happen if I go to Russia? Because, you know, I'm like, I'm black. What will happen if I go over there? And he'd be like, there, beat your ass. And I was like, all right, noted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going but, there. I'm not
0: going there. But, like, yeah, we had everybody in there. But um, Which is crazy because as I got older, especially on the east side, um, <clears throat> it's a lot of Russians in Charlotte. And I ended up getting really cool with them. They own a lot of shit around here. I believe, especially it. like Russians and Greeks and shit like that. Um, I ended up getting a lot cooler with them. But in high school, you were you're right. Like the Russians, um, a, a couple of them in computer class would fuck with me, but they they had their own little wave as well. Cause I remember it was yep. this chick that was bad as hell, and she was Russian, and this bitch was not fuck with me for the death of me. What's her the name? You remember her name? I don't know. I think it was like a Avanya or something like that. It was something Russian. though. This Independence. This Independence High School. Hey, was, I'm going to was, go, I'm gonna have to go check out my yearbook. Now. It was a couple bad Russians there. Really? Because it was it was one girl. She was bad as hell. And I can't remember her name at all. Right. And she was thick, bad. She was thick and all that shit. And I don't know how the fuck. She probably still bad. Because some of them, a lot of them, you already know how that went. But some right. of them still be like, dang, girl, you still looking good. Um, But I cannot remember her name for the life of me. But I remember everybody would try her, but she had a russian she had a real authentic russian like this nigga like he didn't even go to our school like this nigga Oh yeah. i remember like this nigga he'd be one of them older niggas like he wasn't even i don't know if this nigga was older or not but this nigga like nobody would never try her try her because like they would flirt with her in class Mm -hmm. but they knew this nigga had like the like the the super type like two-seater low fucking race cars type he would pick her up drop her off he was on that ass like, man. yo, don't be fucking with my don't bitch. Mess I will, with him, man. I will have this tech fly on your ass, <laughs> like for real. He was that type of Russian and on some grand Theft Auto yeah, 4 Kat, type shit. He was, was like. really like that. Cats right. knew that too, so they didn't fuck with her. But then was another one that was kind of like she was like a comedic like that was in my sociology class. Her name was like Avanya. Mm-hmm. and she was she was slimmer, but she was dope. Had like mad curly hair and. um, I didn't she was the same way. Like she was on some like shit like she they weren't racist, but they were just on some like we just don't fuck with y'all like that. We don't know. It won it went on some like you said, like we don't know you. Like we they fuck with our culture now and shit like that. But like they like immigrants, a lot of immigrants, especially here in Charlotte, you notice like they come to their own. Like the even even like Ethiopians were like that, like because they're coming from an area. When they see their own, they'd be like, "Oh hell yeah!" And they build a community. It's it's right. so many many communities in Charlotte that people don't talk about from the Ethiopian culture, the Korean culture. The I know Greek Eritrean.
1: Culture. Am I saying it right? Yeah, I know Eritreans. They, are, they, Eritreans they, are here yeah. as
0: well. They got their own like church and all that. Eritreans and Ethiopians are very similar, but they're they're um they're totally separate countries. Now. Right. Back in the day, it used to be one country. But they're their own country in, in the east, in the east of, uh, I think that's East Africa, but that's where Nipsey was from, coincidentally enough. Yep, yeah, yep. But um, yeah, so many many cultures here to where like I think it was like that. They didn't not necessarily fuck with blacks. Mm-hmm. They just was like they had never f- seen motherfuckers, and yeah. so they were just like, damn, like we gon' we gonna yeah. fuck with the people we familiar with. Yeah, I feel like, and then I didn't meet her until like. Sh- I didn't meet her until like until like my senior year. Until like we we end up having like a home something where it was like I was seeing this bitch like every day almost. <laughs> and so it was like uh, he, was, he was either eleventh or twelfth. I want to say it was twelfth. To where I feel like if I got like if you put in time with anybody, they start to get to know you more and be like, oh dang, and it's like um, that motherfucker ain't that bad. And right, so like right, I feel right. like if I would have had a summer with this chick, I might have I might have I might have pulled bro. her over to the black side, exactly, bro. I exactly. might have pulled her over, but. That as well showed me where it was just like they didn't really focus. We I was sadly enough in a class. What class was this? Because it was Russian niggas in the class too, and they would be. They would be. That's one of the reason why I couldn't talk to her how I wanted to because. She had Russian friends in the class and them niggas would be like, every time I try to Mac, they, then they speak that Russian shit. And then they, they would, they would like, you know, it's easier to talk to somebody that knows the shit fluently. Right. And so I would immediately, immediately would get disregarded because they would like, they probably be like, nah, fuck that nigga girl. like, I was like <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. That's probably, <laughs> probably what they're saying putting too. putting so much yeah. shit in her ear. would be like, yeah, you right. You right. Like, I don't even know this nigga like that. All right. And so, yeah, the competition was thick for the Russians, man. But yeah, shout out to my Russians. Cause as I got old, especially like after like high school and like going to clubs like in uh, my Greeks, like like Halo and fucking downtown. A lot of a lot of these cats that own these spots are Russian or Greek that's or combined true. with each other. And so I, I start getting into that that club mix, like dealing with especially like when I was in my early twenties, like promotion and shit like that, and realizing like who was really signing the checks and paying people. And so that's when I really got into knowing like it's it's a dope culture if you really find somebody that will, like, open you into the culture. It's Mm -hmm. it's All all the cultures are like that. It's about family, man. It's about family. It's about, you know, just being there for one another and being, like, loyal to one another. So
1: let's get on this club uh, topic. What was your favorite club going to back in the day? Uh, When you was clubbing, what was your favorite club? I got a couple, but I want to hear what yours are
0: first. We will will have to, um, folks, bring this back and – 'Cause this is a whole nother fucking topic. Is, <laughs> that's that's a that's a era, bro. I'm not even joking. Like I'm I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna answer the question but then we're gonna go into this this Cole and, and Sean shit. Okay. Because that that's that's a whole nother episode. All right, like I'm dealing with, with like club errors and shit like that. But I if anybody listening that know me, they know my club back in the day was a motherfucking alley cat. I used to get it in at that spot, the alley cat back in the day. Especially from like I don't know what year this shit was, but from like my twenties. Probably up until, like, oh, man. Because I was going to the – because fucking with the right people, I was going to the cat early. I was drinking early. I was doing a lot of shit early in there because I was hanging – I still kept that mentality of hanging around older people. And, like, the people that I was hanging around were um, well-known in the Charlotte community. So I would be getting stamped and fucking tagged to be drinking. And I'd be fucking 19, bro, like, going into these spots. And so I I did a – I think that's why probably why – it died off of me so quickly other than others because I started – when you, whenever you start something earlier, like, you you tend to – unless you just that dude. Like, some people I still know that's in it. Like, shout out my boy Matthew Hill. Um, like, he used to um, be one of the promoters back in the day, and then he transitioned. And, like, he's just a part of that life. Because right. But he had the mindset of, like, I want to own this. He had that – and he had that mindset of, like – I wanna be a part of this culture for the rest of like He was into it at an early. If you're into that in the early age stages and you started from the ground up, like he went from like being like the guy that would promote to being the bartender to being the assistant manager to you know managing out the club to like trying to in the works of like whenever shit hits, gets back into regular owning his own. And so if you're in that mindset, I get it. But then some people they just love the fucking club, dude. And right. They'll, yeah. they'll Some be people doing love that it. shit to the they, day they, they die. Be, exactly. It's not business for them. It's strictly pleasure. And um I think one of the reasons I stopped because I felt like I wasn't in, it wasn't even pleasure for me no more. I was just going just to go because people were going. And I was like, the only time I was like I, I think the last time I went to the club, and it actually wasn't that bad. Like the last time I went to the club because shout out my boy, um, shout out my boy Cooley. He was a, he still is, he's a, he at this time, he's a photographer, but at this time he was photographing for Bad Boy at the, um, doing CIAA and Ciroc and shit like that. So he was getting me into these spots where it was like, we were chilling with like, fab and like main, like mainstream artists. Right. And at Whiskey Warehouse, not Whiskey Warehouse, Whiskey River and shit, like we were in the downtown scene. And that night stopped me from going to the club just off the simple fact of like, how they treated people that wasn't in the entourage even though I was in the entourage I was following them around like the aspect of just like the chase and like no disrespect to women that work at clubs no disrespect to like the because I had an era where I get it I, that's just not for me the chase and like paying five dollars that particular night probably like CIAA weekend it was like ten dollars for a fucking PBR um I was just looking around and it was just like I was just like what the fuck am I doing here it was just like the music I wasn't enjoying myself. I was I'm I'm very like, especially like when I start getting into altercations like where like I had a bad spell of like being at the wrong place at the wrong time. It passed that Atlanta shit, like getting shot at and shit like that. You you always are looking where your exes is at. All right. You're you supposed certain, to though. When you're looking when you go through certain you I have a very paranoid personality because of like PTSD and shit from my past. And so club scene for me uh, older me is just not the move because I'm always I don't like people being too close to me. Same. I like knowing where my exes is at. Same. I don't like it being too crowded, and so it's like that's how it was. And you know, like I was just like, man, I don't like the I don't like the fake it fakeness of it. But it was like it was catch twenty two because, and still to this day, I'm dealing with like um, artistry and fucking public like like you got to play the game kind of to a degree to get to the certain levels that I'm trying to get at. You got to play it to a degree. And I put that in my mindset to where it was like, you know what? If i am got to do this, it next time I'm going to a club is because of business. Right. Like, I'm not I'm not just going. I retired to going to the club just to go into the club. I'm saying. Now, if I go back to the club, anytime for future reference, if somebody see me at a club, um, and I don't, I don't consider club like Snug Harbor. Like, I'm going to always go to live shows. Like, I love live shows. I like going to concerts. I like going to, like, events where it's like we're all unified. We're all going to see this shit. Because it's different going to, like – a live show at a club and going to a club because like you're dealing with people that think they're better than you you're de- dealing with politics and with like the holly at that chicks thing but when you're going to like a kid cutty concert at fillmore and everybody's in that mindset to see great music like it makes the conversations flow easier because right. people are on a mission to see something great and so i can do shit like that but like going down a Whiskey River and shit like how I was back in the day, I'm not going to that shit unless somebody's paying me to do some shit.
1: I'm right there. I'm about right there with you. Like, back in the day it was cool, but unless I'm going to an event for, like, a central purpose or, like you said, or less, like, because I know a couple party promoters. Um, Shout out to Chewy. I know he invited me sometime out yeah. to shout some out of to his spots. Uh, so i I go check out some of his spots when he send me an invite or whatever because he used to be Cujo Roommate. Yeah, you told me. You told yeah. me that last week. And when mm. Cujo come on, you know we could talk about that. But like, um, but for me, I think I'm the same way. I mean, once you get older, that's just not me anymore. But I will say, back in the day, my top three in this particular order.
0: You look like an old coyote, ugly type. <laughs> know, <man. laughs> no, no, <nah. laughs> that, that was not me. I
1: just so say. coming coming in number third place would be Crush before it was Ice.
0: Ooh, Crush was around. Well, um, something
1: else too. Number two. Alley cats, alley cat, you said alley cats. Yeah, alley cat was around. And number one, because I was in UNC Charlotte and I used to have so many parties and so many events out there is MB Lounge. I think it was in like Morrisville or somewhere, yeah, like Lake Norman. Yeah, Lake like, Norman. Uh, there you go. Like MB Norman. MB Lounge was my shit. <laughs> 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 I'm not gonna lie, man. Like just from like college days, like.
0: Like you said, I have different eras too. I saw LeBron James at Envy Lounge. Really? Back on that was Envy Lounge was a fucking run. Like that shit. I was, don't. That's crazy. He was there. Yeah, LeBron James at Envy Lounge. This is like when wow. he was with the Cavs back in the day. Wow, and really? Like the first, the first run of the Cavs. Okay, okay. Like after when he was like championship brunch. I
1: mean, it was a nice club. I don't know what happened to it after a while, but it was like I think it was two levels. I think like. The um, upper level was VIP, mm-hmm. and then had, like, a nice little dance floor, man. I go through, like, some of my old pictures, I'm like, like Facebook pictures. I'm like, bruh, I was toe up, like, but, I mean, I had a good time, <laughs> though, you know. I enjoyed <laughs> said, it. Myself. I was toe like, up. Like, I was gone, but I wow. enjoyed wow.
0: myself, so. Yeah, that was, like, Alley Cat for me, because Envy Lounge, I think I've tried every club at least once. The only reason I didn't go to Envy Lounge like that is because it was just too far from me. It was a that hike. Shit, that shit was a hike. And so like I think that's why motherfuckers got so fucked up at Envy Lounge too. Because it's like if you if you were going to Envy Lounge, like you were going on a mission. Like you were gonna fall, like <laughs> yeah. You were gonna get yeah. dressed up your best. Yeah. You were gonna make sure I Better at least get a number from a chick. exactly because it's like motherfucker I'm coming all the way to lake to the lake like I need to get something out here I better it. walk away with something I better well, you better network or something and figure out where's a, where's a lake house or some shit because that ride back is ass it's horrible especially when you fucked up and so like that's one thing I will don't say. drink and drive do not drink and drive folks and cl- click it or ticket but um one thing that I will say like that that would step me up when I would go because right. it was like. I knew how far it was, and so I was like, man, if I'm going here, let me make sure my shit's on point. Let me make sure I got the mints just in case I got to talk to a chick. Because like I was trying to leave out of there because I'm not coming back here for another month.
1: Got like, the Jay Z change clothes in the background. Oh, right, why you point. Right changing
0: change clothes? Just in case a motherfucker throw up on me. Like, for <laughs> real, I had a spare shirt. Let oh, me have my on it. Let me have my pick just in case these motherfuckers try to like bullshit me on my hat getting there. Oh, and I oh gotta man. tell you, I used look, to hate that. Oh bro. my god, I'm a hat guy, so I used to hate
1: anytime I would be getting to the front of the line and they would be like. Excuse me, you can't wear no hat. And like you said, my hair ain't looking right. Take your hat off. I'm <laughs> like, damn it, bro. But then, especially in some clubs you go to, you'll see um, a particular other person go in a club, whip a hat on, and I'll be like, but you let him in. Mm-hmm. And they look at you and be like, Yeah, but no hats
0: You see somebody come in with a Clemson hat on With some flip flops And they just walk (laughs) in And be like, motherfucker
1: He just came from the game Like, how is he?
0: I'm really trying to Like, Alley Cat was like that It was some prejudice And it's prejudice everywhere Yeah, yeah But it was some prejudice heavy Especially the beginning stages where they It was just like hip hop, bro They didn't know what they were getting their hands into And then Once they realized we were the dominant force They were like, oh, like This is where the money's at Let's like getting more into like their culture and like hey, we'll let you in if you sag a little bit. We'll let you in if you do have a hat, but it gotta be turned frontwards. Or like they yeah. still would try to do their little rules where it was just like, man, niggas took over Alley cat. And so like after like the the ending stages, motherfuckers was like Whatever. It was chicks in there slurping and burping. They was cats <laughs> there was cats doing sales <laughs> in the cat. Exactly. To where like the cat was just the cat just became like a fucking HBO special. Like Yo. somebody needs to do a fucking and it might be my ass, cause I'm a fine cause a lot of the dudes that were the old security guards, they end up being homies of mine. Like shout out to A Huff who became like a uh, like a dope ass DJ. I don't know. He he does a lot, he he would do the um the events with Elevator J. Okay. That um um I know I don't know if you heard of like Player Made. Yeah, 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 Friday. yeah, like, That's a, that'd be at the Snub Harbor, right? Mm, yep. He would be the one that would be DJing with um Elevator J, the white dude with all the tats. Okay. He used to work at the Alley Cat back in the day. Okay. And so like A lot of those guys that were working there were cool as fuck. And so, like, that's one reason I feel like that was my favorite club as well because it was like – It was easier access to get in because I would be seeing these guys outside of the club as well, whether it be like the gym or like a lot of them was b-boys. So I would see them at rap events or like b-boy events and I would support them. Right. You know, I would network smart. And so like those networks would become friendships where they'd be like, yo, man, that dude came out and supported my artist. Yo, I ain't even looking at your ID, bro. You can get in like who you got with you. Like they would see me from a a while be like, yo, how many got with you? I'd be like, yo, I got just me. Cause I I roll, I would roll tight as well. Like I would, I would roll like would I wouldn't have like like maybe every now and then I might have a rambunctious nigga with me where it'd be like you know you gotta have at least one if if you want to get into some shit somebody do some shit like you got somebody that's gonna fight with you. Right. But that would be me. Most of my cast were, were like that on the inside anyway but they were on the outside they would know how to carry themselves. Be like yo man like we're gonna do this we're gonna do that. Let's get in here and get out and going Like, we would move like a fucking unit, like on Call of Duty or some shit. Like, yo, let's do this. Let me like, how far are you gonna be from here? The bathrooms are over there. Cause we know once motherfuckers get lost, and then you know those nights where like you bump into to the wrong dude, everybody you bump into somebody you think might be by themselves, and they be like, I've seen motherfuckers get they ass whooped at the alley cat because they think <laughs> they, they they self. pushing some little Asian dude. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Asian culture as well, because the Asians fucking ruled fucking Alley Cat. Motherfuckers just say what you want, like the ages, the fucking Japanese and them fucking motherfuckers with them Lancers and shit. They fucking rode Alley Cat. I seen a motherfucker that gonna get kicked in the face fucking near the bar because he fucked with the wrong agent. And then, like, what? 12 of them motherfuckers just pounced on his ass. And it, it was like a unit, like Call of Duty, bro. Like, you <sighs> think you're hitting one, the motherfuckers have. And I start. You got
1: snipers.
0: Yeah, I start moving like that. Right. I start moving when I would go to spots. And that's another reason why I don't do clubs because I don't like thinking like that. I like to enjoy myself. You Want to relax. And and I'm a I'm a go by myself type of dude. Mm-hmm.
1: And Same I don't here.
0: I don't like going to spots where I feel like I'm outnumbered. Where I'd be like, man, I should have brought my niggas. Like I like that's why I I transitioned as I got older from clubs, especially when I was still drinking to bars. And so I would go to like dive bars and you know watch the game, have a shot and shit like that because I can carry myself there and like be fine with it opposed to like a whiskey river where it's like a bunch of motherfuckers that are, like, you got five, a group of, you got, like, six groups of chads that are, like, benching, like, 215, mm-hmm. and they're going all coming together as a unit. So if you push one of them, you got to get your ass whooped by five of them. That's true. And so, like, that alley cat, how them Asians moved, it taught me how to move in clubs. Like, I'd be like, you know what? I ain't going to no club unless I got, like, four or five motherfuckers with me that know how to bust some heads because motherfuckers, especially you get that whiskey in you and you get – some women looking good. Like, motherfuckers, they fight for the stupidest shit, bro. Brown liquor piss you off with mm-hmm. the quickness. Like, with me, I used
1: to get sometimes lucky because some, a lot of times I go in a club, people think I'd be a bouncer. They think I work there. And I'd be looking at them like, I remember one time, like, uh, somebody came up to me and was just like, hey, can we smoke in here? And I'm like, why the fuck you asking me? But I had on a black shirt. My dumbass ass had on a black shirt. <laughs> they and I was, was in scared. the corner kind of just standing there like this. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I was like, go ahead. I don't, you know, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. So I used to halfway kind of play that role because people would see me and be like, oh, man, you must be a bouncer.
0: Mm-hmm, then I, they're thinking your ass fucking security and shit.
1: I had got offered Jobs to be a bouncer in the club before. I think we- You was look cool. like you can whoop some ass. I mean, I can, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I think we was going to, um, what's the place at the epicenter? Um, God. Uh, the one on the second floor. I, I can't even think of the name anymore. But mm-hmm. um, Whiskey River? Not Whiskey River, but the other sweet. Mo- suite. There you go. Like I remember a couple times me and my homies uh we'll go on the suite. They'd be like, dang, hey, man. He'd be like, You a bouncer? I'll be like, nah. They'd be like, You want a job? <laughs> I'll be like, nah, I'm straight, bro. Like I remember me and one, one of my partners went to New York and everything in New York is made so small. So for me, I have to turn sideways to get through doors because I have like really big shoulders. Mm-hmm. I remember we was in like Soho and like my partner, he's like six seven.
0: Damn. So so he looked like a basketball player. Yeah, he looked
1: like a basketball player. I looked like a football player. Mm-hmm. I remember we in Soho, I think we walked past like one of them like Louis stores, one of them you know luxury stores. And I was like, hey, y'all football players? We was like, nah. I was like, are y'all bouncers? We was like, nah. I was like, y'all want some jobs? I'm like, bro, we just visiting. Mm-hmm. So it's good to know that I might
0: have a second career <laughs> Just in case. Just in case, you feel me, so. (laughs) Just in case, you you got a backup plan, so you guys listen to the podcast, hey, just in case you hit the fan for Azale, he might be daggone checking your ID and daggone whooping your ass out of a club. You can't get in here. Don't ever judge a book by its cover, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. This is part two of the episode with Azale, where we get more in-depth in wrestling and J. Cole versus Big Sean. Um we're back as of late podcast. We got my boy Zell, with us the Carolina prodigy. Yo yo yo. We're talking about a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And during the break, um we were talking about a segment where um I was talking about we we me and my boy E are very big wrestling fans, um, wrestling fanatics if you will. And we were talking about just um the WWE and we were talking about in particular a guy named named Booker T. And <laughs> I was telling God. him I was telling him how I was listening to Booker T's podcast, how he himself has a podcast, and he was talking about um, his – one of my boy's favorite wrestler. name. <laughs> I can't even get it out. My boy's favorite wrestler named Sting. Steve Borton, a.k.a. Sting. And so soon as, soon as I said that, he was like, no, record this. Because I, I need evidence. I need proof of this to put this on wax. Or how much he probably doesn't like Booker T. No,
1: I'm going to say something short and sweet. I'm going to let you finish like what Kanye said, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> but like once I say this and then we can we can have a whole wrestling episode. But go ahead and say what you were saying.
0: Okay, this is just going to be a preview of the wrestling episode, guys, but what I was saying is um I was listening to the podcast. He was talking about how during the 90s, there was a transition now people go going into the and going into the 2000s, people know about how WCW wrestlers were coming into the WWE. And Booker T was talking about how he first came into the WWE. He came with, um, he came at a time he was like, if you remember, The Rock was on hiatus. This is when, like, kind of like the Will Smith of Fresh Prince era, where you 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 know, like the tail end of the Fresh Prince, you started seeing Will Smith become this mega star. And even though he was doing Fresh Prince at the same time, he would take breaks and he'd be doing Independence Day. And so, like he wouldn't take breaks from the Fresh Prince, but he would—he like he was filming these these shits at the same time as this bad boys, yeah, bad boys. boys. Like he was becoming this mega star, and that's what was going on with the Rock. The Rock, but at, and different from the Fresh Prince, because Will—you were still seeing on t- the, the Rock took a break and came back because he was filming a movie. The Rock was becoming a mega star at this time, and during his hiatus, WCW wrestlers came to the WWE, and Booker T was one of them. And Booker T was talking about during this transition, Sting was offered this. Sting was offered to come to the WWE and um, do a promo, do a promo bit. The promo bit was with The Rock, and Booker T ended up doing it because he said it was offered to Sting. And he was like, what happened was that The Rock would come down. And then Booker T came down. If you remember this episode, because it was on, you may, you may know exactly what I'm talking about. Booker T came. And so you know the promo I'm talking about, where the Booker T comes, he's like, the Rock's like, who the hell are you, pretty much? And Booker T's about to tell him, I'm the father. He's like, it doesn't matter who you are. And he was going to do that with Sting. He said that Sting didn't like, his, he said Sting took that shit literal. Where Sting, <laughs> he said, Sting was like, "Yo, that motherfucker ain't gonna be telling me no. It doesn't matter who I am, motherfucker. I'm Sting." And he said, Sting didn't do the didn't do the promo because he was like, "Ain't nobody gonna be talking to me like that." And that stopped the deal from going through for Sting to be in the WWE. He's and um, of course, Sting. Fin- he said Sting finally came to the WWE later on, but he said he would admit. Sting himself would probably admit himself because he's never taught to Sting about this. And I'm. they need to put him on. I would love to hear Sting's side of the story because as soon as he told me this, I was like, yo, I would love to hear Sting's side of the story of this shit. Um, they need to put him on so he can explain it and see if he does have regrets because he was like, him being his friend, he said he fucked with Sting like as a friend, on, on, not just wrestling. He was like, he regrets that Sting um, didn't do it. Because of the phenomenon of what Sting was is exactly what, it like, just imagine, and then I agree with him to a degree, because just imagine Sting, because he said Sting came too late into the WWE, just imagine, he said, imagine the matches that Sting missed, and the merchandise in that Sting missed. Throughout the throughout that, like you know, you know the, the 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 that's the aspect that I'm looking at to where I'm like I agree with him on that. The matches that he would have missed, you're shaking your head with the merchandising because I guess you're like he still got the merchandising regardless of it, which I agree to a degree, especially when he made that transition when you were saying like with the crow and shit, where he 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 was a big he was a big fan of the crow, and so he his image changed after that movie, and you know he that's when the blackface, face um, black and white sting came and all that shit. Um, so maybe not his merchandising because Sting was a fucking phenomenon, WCW, anywhere he was going to get his merchandises in. But I do agree with him in a sense of certain matches that I would have loved to see at that period of time with a prime time Sting. Now, what is your, what is your thoughts on that? Ooh, you ready for my hot
1: take? <laughs> He's like, I couldn't wait for you I to can, I couldn't
0: wait to talk. All
1: right. So first and foremost... Um, the one thing I like about podcasts is people have the platform to be opinionated and speak what their personal beliefs and speak, you know, what they think about certain situations. So when Booker T said he feel like, you know, Sting, like he was kind of speaking for Sting, but he really what You can't really speak for another man. Mm-hmm. So I think Booker T need to kind of chill on that because if you follow his podcast a lot, a lot of times he downplay and kind of belittle a lot of the current roster. And he always be like, oh, I think they will be better if they do this. Or oh, I think they'll be better if they do this. No, it's their career. Mm. You know, it's their legacy. Let them live out their career. Let them live out their legacy. You, again, podcast is a place where you can be opinionated on. But don't I, I don't like when anybody speaks for somebody else. You feel me? I feel you. Yeah, I feel you on that tip. Secondly, um, Sting, when he spoke about it, he was like, He did not want to come out there and for The Rock to basically say, who the hell are you? Because it was basically a jab insulting WCW, insulting his legacy, which thing has a luxurious legacy. Like, it's basically saying, who the hell are you? Like, The Rock. We know that's his stink. I mean, we know that's what he do. You know, that's his verbiage. But, like. You can't, it's certain stars, you can't be like, who the hell are you? Because to me, Sting was just as big
0: as Hogan. But it, The Rock was doing that with everybody, though, bro. I understand like the, It doesn't matter. He's done that I with like how you everybody. Put that in it doesn't matter.
1: I right. understand that. But to me personally, it's kind of one of them things like, you know who the hell he is. Like, he did that with Chris Jericho. <laughs> he did that with being Chris Jericho. Nah, it's not me being biased. He did that with Chris Jericho. And it made more sense because when Chris Jericho was in WCW, he was a, uh, Mid-Carter. He was an under mid-Carter. Chris Jericho didn't get the popularity until he got into the, the WWF when it was the WWF. So, like, for The Rock to do that, it makes sense. But, like, for The Rock to do that with Booker T, to me, that makes sense, too, because Booker T was biting The Rock in his later careers in WCW. He was coming out there with, like, these loud-ass shirts, just like The Rock. If mm-hmm. you watch some of the later years, he came out there with the shades. He even had, his finishing move was like the book in, and it was like the rock bottom.
0: Yeah, same, it was. I remember that shit.
1: Same bullshit. So for the rock to do that, that's a little bit more personal. And for him to be like, who the hell are you, the booker T, that was that was a better feud. That makes sense mm-hmm. to me. When we think about feuds, we got to think about stuff on paper that makes sense. Like if Sting was to debut in the WWE, his opening feud shouldn't be The Rock. It should be Taker. It should be Kane. It could be Mankind. It could be one of those three because they are that supernatural beings. So it makes sense to have a supernatural being go up against another supernatural being instead of Sting first feud be uh The Rock. Like, I didn't even like his feud with Triple H. I think. They, I don't think
0: so. I disagree with you on that tip. So, so
1: I, I'm going to let you chime in. But, like, yeah. for me, his feud with Triple H, I think Triple H shouldn't have got over at their WrestleMania match because. They basically turned it into, it was really WWE versus WCW, because then they brought out the NWO and they brought out DX. Mm-hmm, Steve yeah. was never a member of the NWO except the Wolfpack. So he wasn't with Hogan and Nash and all of them. And it's basically, I feel like they tarnished his career. They buried his legacy. And You're you talking
0: about WCW towards the end, right?
1: He, well, I'm talking about when he did that run in WWE. It's oh, like, okay, it's like yeah. you kind of make him be like obsolete. Like for the younger viewers, because the younger viewers don't know who Sting is. Mm. Like, that might have seen like old footage and stuff like that, but then they're going to think this dude's a jobber because they're like, yo, he lost to Seth Rollins. Then he lost to Triple H. Like, mm. who can this guy beat? Like, he's not. Scary. It was too late by then. It was too late. So, why mm. did y'all even do that? If anything, if you wanted him to job out to somebody, it should have been Taker. That's the match everybody wanted. To see as a kid. When you was a kid, you was like, ah, I want to see Taker versus Sting. It made mm. more sense on paper because it would have been a bigger draw. Um, again, they have basically some of the similar uh categories and some of the similar like, you know, phenomenon about them. It makes more sense to me than the rock. Like with The Rock, The Rock is and Sting, you it just don't look good on paper. Like, why you think The Rock and Shawn Michaels never wrestled? Well, one, they never wrestled because they had B. But I think they would have had a decent match. But, like, it didn't make sense to me to have Sting be that guy to do that. Like, Booker T, is he's a job, he's not a jobber. He's not a mid-carder. Booker T is a headliner. I give him that. But it makes more sense. And then you also got to think of a lot of them guys who came to WCW from that merger. They were put in matches to get jobbed out by mm. a WWF star. Like, DDP was a heavyweight champion in WCW. Mm. A main eventer. You had this dude, and he was a motivational speaker. And I actually saw him
0: speak uh, once before too. Hell of a turnaround for DDP. Shout out to DDP. It what was he's it done was, for people. is phenomenal.
1: It is. I enjoyed it a lot. Even DDP yoga. But like when they brought him into WWE, he was jobbing out to Taker, which makes sense. But he was jobbing out to Taker like they they basically warped his character as being a stalker. I'm mm-hmm. like fuck is this bro that's not who ddp is i didn't like
0: that i didn't like that especially me growing up seeing like him in wcw i didn't like how they did that same thing
1: with goldberg when they brought goldberg over the first time when they brought goldberg over he wasn't that power horse that undefeated guy goldberg was that's hard though bro
0: that's hard (sighs) to like um i guess uh, you would put that on what would you put that on though? Would you put it on the writing though? I put it on the writing. You would have to you would have to put it on the writing because I agree with you because like if the writing was done well, and we've we've again, folks, we 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 will have to have a full on episode on this because Iselle knows how I feel about and I know how he feels about the writing of the WWE. Right. But um if the writing was done well, with with such a phenomenon and a wave of what Goldberg was in the WCW, because I remember those Hoop Next shirts, like, that was a fucking run that man had. On the P- if, 100 if, matches. If they were to transition that right to the WWE with the right writing, just like how you were saying with Sting, like, I feel you. And now listening, I see what you mean by it. Um, If anything, this is how I feel like I would have liked for them to do Sting like this. And I feel like he may have took, took it if they did him in a similar sense of how they did Kane. You see how like they should have had him like if if they would have did him with some like lower card cats, like I would have loved to see him come in like how can you remember how Kane came in, in the beginning where he would he did you see darkness out of nowhere and then right. like Kane would interrupt the match here or there he interrupted the match here or there he interrupted the match and then finally, he have his build up to where bam, I'm coming for you, taker. Like, whoever wrote that is how they should have wrote Sting in. Exactly. That was phenomenal. Kane's run-in, how he came in with Taker, was phenomenal how they did it. You know, the that built that out
1: for a whole year. That was that was great, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about with the writing, which a lot of them WCW guys,
0: they rushed that. Like, even So you're saying the respect should have been the same with the Sting? The respect
1: should have been, because Sting is a legend. I agree with that. With Goldberg Bill, like, I know how you say, I, I don't know how they could have figured that out. You look at Goldberg run now in his later years, they should have did that when he first came back back in the day when they did yeah. that merger because, like, his bill Now you got him going over on people in, like, five minutes. Like, he, I think, defeated Kevin Owens for, like, a belt in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, He defeated um Brock Lesnar in, like, five minutes. Like, you should have did that back in the day instead of – playing politics, letting Triple H get over on Goldberg, which doesn't make sense, putting him in feuds with people like Big Papa Pump or Kevin Nash, <laughs> like people he should not be feuding with just because he know them from WCW. Like, no. Like, it's all about building a character, giving them credibility, uh, building a good show, building a good story, because that's all what wrestling is. It's all about storytelling. Facts. And, like, no, they would have butchered Sting character and he would have been a jobber then and just like they jobbed out his legacy in recent years. But but we, we we could talk about that a whole nother episode.
0: Yeah, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother episode, folks. Um, but just be looking out for that. Be looking out for that because yeah, that's some, I can't even stutter I'm just gonna be stuttering, just thinking about it. <laughs> this will be edited out. <laughs> but um, going into the main event, the main course meal, I should say. What we wanted to talk about, um, this it's not even a feud. We're not even gonna call it a feud. Um, this Big Sean versus J Cole oh situation boy. we got going on, man. That boy, <laughs> um, I am. If for those of you that don't know. Um, you probably don't know, unless you you follow me on Instagram, j 704 um, I'm more of a Big Sean fan. Uh, of course, I'm here. I'm born and raised here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I have love for my Carolina native, a little bit of love. I have a little bit of love for my Carolina native, um, J. Cole. But me, personally, I feel like I would rather listen to Big Sean. My friend, on the opposite table of me, Azale, um, begs to differ.
1: Very, I'm a huge Jermaine Lamar Cole fan. Born 1985, he was alive. Born in Germany, like I'm a big fan of his man. Especially because I'm one. I'm a homer. So anybody from North Carolina to make it out and make something of themselves, man, kudos to you. Even if I don't like you, which is a couple of people, I'll still respect you at the end of the day. But this man, following this man's story, uh, following his body of work. Uh, doing stuff by himself, being a producer, doing going number one with no features. Think about that. Number one with no features. <sighs> also, everything that he's doing outside of the rapping realm, like I mean, this dude might be trying out for the NBA. You gotta respect that. Like, Dreamville stands for following your dreams, and he really pushing that narrative. Um, bars, people, some people say, Oh, Cole is boring, blah, 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 this and that. And I feel like If you don't want, you don't always have to listen to Cole. It's other rap and variety out there. Like you have, you have, you know, your your trap rap. You have, you know, your conscious rap. You have all this and that. So like diverse yourself. And I feel like with me personally, when Cole came out, I was maybe in uh, college. I was probably my sophomore year in college maybe. Um, So it's like I can relate to a lot of his body of work as well as he's an artist that grows with his music. Because as we get older, we're not do, living the same thing. We're not doing the same shit. You know, I want an artist that I can grow with. Like, you don't see J Cole, I mean, you don't see Jay Z still talking about selling drugs. Like, Jay Z is telling you how to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, he's transitioned. And mm-hmm. I feel like Cole does the same thing. He went from, like, hey, you know, I thought it was cool to be showboating, wearing the jewelry and stuff like that. Then he went to a ram where he was on something like, you know, I got to really think about what's going on, reflecting maybe he sh- shouldn't deserve the success. Then he kind of goes into like, you know, a background story when we're talking about uh, Forrest Drive, about like where he came from and how he viewed the world now. Then, of course, For Your Eyes Only, I feel like it was one of them albums where it was dedicated to his homeboy. I feel like that was like an old album, um, but still kind of dealing with success and how he is as an individual. And then KOD, which is, you know, I feel like that's an album where everybody can relate to because we all have our vices. How do we kind of uh, maneuver through those vices and how do we deal with those and how do we get past those? So I feel like each and mm. everything, it's like a, a story of your own life or my life, me, because I can relate to a lot of that stuff. Like I'm not the same Ezel I was back in 2006 and I'm glad I'm not, you know. And I wanted to listen to that with my music because if Cole was on that same shit, I'm like, I was I, like, I couldn't be a fan. And like I said, I mean, I even follow this dude's story. He went to school to be an IT too, which I'm actually an IT. So I think that, you know, that's f- fascinating by itself. You know, he was raised by a single mother, um, kind of built a label by himself. He put in the hard work and dedication and built the empire, which is Dreamville and what, who he is now.
0: Okay, I mean, he has. I ain't to front. That was very good. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, bro. That I motherfucker need to be a fucking damn going lawyer. So I, shit. I bring the smoke. That motherfucker broke that shit all the way down. And respect to J Cole, man. Respect to the guy. Like Absolutely. I said, if we're we're gonna do a couple of things here, I want to. I want us to break down, um, and because they both have to me great bodies of work. I agree. I just, and, and then it comes back down to who you migrate with the most. I agree. I feel like like I was telling you before the podcast today started. Um, I don't know if it's because he's from North Carolina. Um I just didn't feel that. I didn't feel that from him in the beginning stages of his career. I just, and he was lyrical. He was lyrical, he's always been lyrical. Like he's uh, like I didn't get it. Maybe because I didn't get it in the aspect of, like, why did he move up top? Like, this is before, like, I, like me getting into the industry myself and understanding, like, right. what people had to do to fucking get a look. Right. And so, like, he's his shit in the beginning kind of reminded me of, like, Charlemagne, Not in the sense of, like, being with the buffoonery and shit like that, but somebody who was from South Carolina but was on the Breakfast Club sounding like he was from New York. And so, like, I didn't hear the, the Southern in him. I didn't hear. I was very just, like, very Southern bias of him. Where I was just like, man, this nigga ain't from the South. Like, this nigga say he from Fayetteville. He ain't from no fucking Fayette Nam. And, and just, I was very, I don't know. I was just not with it. But if and you then, met a Fayette Nam nigga, they act like J. Cole. Once, and, and that's what I'm saying. Once I started doing my research, once I started traveling and, and chilling with people from Fayette Nam, chilling with people um who actually, like, knew the guy. I was like, okay, like that makes sense. Why he has the mannerisms he has? Knowing the backstory, knowing where he comes from, knowing where's you know is him being mixed, and like knowing a lot of him going to New York and like his whole story before he didn't you know he was going to school there and shit. And so knowing the dude's backstory, I respect the guy a lot more. Like how I did in the beginning. In the beginning stages of Cole, I I wasn't feeling him because I was like, I will say this, I res, I respect Cole a lot more now. Than I did in the beginning. Right. I did not like J Cole in the beginning. And in, in the beginning stages of J Cole, I was just like, yeah, this is a nigga from North Carolina, like, like probably like I'm not gonna say you're like that with him, but kind of like how you are with the baby. I feel where it's like, I'm gonna root for you, but I'm not gonna listen to you. Right. Where it's like there's there's no love lost. It's just like I'm just not I'm not fucking with the guy because I just just of that. But as I I would say I started fucking with Cole, I started fucking with Cole for sales. Like when I like Forest Hills for me, which uh, when I would say is his classic album, you're you're trying to debate me that he has more than a classic, more than one classic. But he do that's that's none, that's what we are gonna get into do. album for album. But um, for me, I feel like and maybe that has to do with me just studying him and and seeing his transition of not being in the goal set that he was in the beginning stages. If you listen to him in interviews, like Forest Hill he was kind of like how we were talking to talking about early in the podcast of as you get older coming into your own and figuring this shit out you know certain goals that you had in your 20s as as Cole was getting older and getting the stuff like gold like the gold watch and like you know the the um you know he didn't the nice have the dola- he didn't have the dollar in the dream no more right. he he got that shit he conquered that shit he been around the women that he he idolized as a kid um and now you you you've seen a shift in his mindset where he was like this ain't it. Right. This, this ain't it. And and I feel like Forest Hills was the start of that. You got rumblings of it where you could tell he was sick of it in Born Center. Yeah. And I then, was just gonna say that. Yeah. Born Center's he was like like how we were talking about with like certain verses from Sean and Pusha T where you could tell they've been disgruntled for a minute and good. You can tell he was being disgruntled with the fame in Born Center. Yep. And Forrest Hill was his complete transformation of this is me, Jermaine Cole. This is what I, I... I played the course, I played the game. I got the deal. I gave the company what they wanted out of me. Forest Hills is Fed... This is for Fedville. That's when he this, went Super sand. This and, and funny enough, that's his best album. And that's the one where he got the most from. With not even, like, doing features and shit like that. He was fucking just... The, the promotion was, like, they didn't even push it. Like, he did a lot of that shit out of his own pocket. And fucking just to show you how it came back to him, he built an even bigger fan base for him. That took him to a whole nother level. And so, for me, and it came from him being his true self. And that's when I started being like, okay, this is the cold. And I feel like that's how it was for me in the beginning. I and In the back of my head, I always had a love for the guy. Cause he had similar stories related I related to like being from a military family, um, your mom taking the bulk of being the parent. Um, so I felt that. And but I was just like, nah, Cole, like this ain't it. His and you know, for me in the beginning stages was his production. I didn't I didn't like some of the beats that he was rapping on. Cause I liked his I liked I, I didn't like the he was stubborn. I feel like I feel like personally that he was stubborn. I felt like he was he um wanted to be known so much as this renaissance cat of being able to like produce and to mix and to and to and to rap and spit bars that I feel like Cole um, didn't go to people who I feel like he should have went to for his production Whereas it it's just like I would have I would have liked him on better on better beats in the beginning stages of his career that's a lot of the things and you can talk to other people who they will say the same thing. Where like that's the a lot of the reason why I didn't like him in the beginning stages. As he got older, he started dagg on working with other people, collabing with other people, and time and trial and error will do that. His beats got better that he made personally for himself, and so that's when I started liking him as as more as well. Big Sean comes from um sa- kind of similar single parent, so I related to him. I related for the aspect of his hunger, knowing his story. Somebody who tried to go after it young was like, "Yo, like, sh- it, I don't have a plan B." Like meeting Ye, like it's it's almost like, it's like one of it, it's like a fucking literally like the eight mile story. This motherfucker really lived in real life. Like he was one of those dudes who would go to the fucking radio station, always trying to get a look, always trying to get seen. Finally, at the like timing, like how the universe brings it in, like how I think that shit comes purposely to do that. Time and came where, Kanye came to fucking Detroit. The motherfucker, dag on, finally got able to flow for his idol at the time, and here he is becoming signed and becoming one of the biggest artists in the game. And so I liked his story as well, and I liked his hunger because I knew he really had it, and he could rap. He has bars. He had bars, and so what we're really debating isn't necessarily it's kinda like it's 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 not like the beginning verses where it was like these guys are really trying to like outplay each other. Um for me anyway, like I know what Cole is. I know the caliber of Cole. This is really in a celebration of two artists that's in our generation. I and agree. for me, I just happen to be on the on the Sean side more because his songs I related to more. You know, his song like like and then the beginning stages of Sean, I feel like um where Cole lacked in the beginning stages that I would have liked for him to do better in when it comes to, like, bangers. Sean got better bangers than him in the beginning, bro, in the beginning stages, and you know this. Like, when Cole came into his own, especially, like, after, like, he started feeling himself. I I ain't gonna lie. Born Center got some fucking bangers, but, like... Thank you. Like, it it got, like... But Sean's bangers... Sean got anthems, bro. Sean got fucking anthems. Okay, so let's talk about that because
1: I have, like, I don't hate Big Sean. I actually like Big Sean a lot. I think kind of how you feel about Cole. Big Sean let me down a couple times on some of his albums. Some of his albums are very questionable. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Some some, some of his lyrics are very uh, debatable, too, of even being a lyric. But I will say first, um, I had to pull this up. They first they came from the same freshman class, and this is a really classic class. I'm gonna read off some of these names too. Okay. So you got J Cole, <clears throat> you got Pill, you got uh, I think Pill was with Dr Dre if I'm not
0: mistaken. Pill was with um, Maybach Music. Okay. So then you got Atlanta.
1: you got uh, Nipsey Hussle. Classic. Uh, Wiz Khalifa. Classic. Um, O.J. the Juice Man, who could have been a bigger Classic. star. He could have been a bigger <laughs> star, but he didn't like their fame. Like, O.J. was hot.
0: But we were OJ talking was, about. O.J. was a dope boy, man. Freddie man, he Gibbs. He didn't want to get out the game.
1: He didn't. Freddie Gibbs, um, J-Rock, um, Donnis, Brashan, and Big Sean. Dang, J-Rock,
0: J-Rock was in that class? J-Rock
1: was in – like, this is a classic class, bro. Yeah, that's one of those classic classes that they talk about. Um, So, first, they from the same class. Um, Secondly – excuse me, got something in my throat. When we talk about Big Sean, the thing that I feel like he lacked consistency. and I think a lot of people say with J. Cole, he's kind of boring because he can be consistent. But with Big Sean, I will give him this. He do tries a lot. and I know how you say, like, you feel like J. Cole is stubborn and he don't step out of his comfort zone. Big Sean tries too much to step out of his comfort zone, and sometimes they don't be hits. Um, like I told you before we was going to have this debate, I literally went back and listened to all the Big Sean tapes. Mm-hmm. from. Um, I didn't listen to Finally Famous, but I read through that. What was on there to all the way to Detroit, too. And some of them albums, to me, was duds. Like Hall of Fame <laughs> was a dud. I think it was only three songs I like on there, and I text you. It was Mona Lisa. I want to say i think first chain on there first chain it's on there classic. um Guap is. is cool and
0: it was one more i
1: text you i can't remember the name of it but i did not like hall of fame like i'm I, looking
0: i'm looking at hall of fame right now we got nothing to stopping you we got fire i
1: didn't I like, like fire i fuck with big. fire
0: i fuck with 10 I, I mean i guess i'm biased bro i fuck with this shit like <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna have to like we just we're really just naming the shit for the folks because we're always gonna agree to disagree exactly Absolutely. for me hall of fame to me was a solid album because it starts off with nothing' to stopping you and then like I'm talking about it talks about it goes back to the, the time frame of who that's one of the beautiful things of music because you can picture yourself in your crib at that certain time when you're listening to this cold song when you're listening to this this sean song and how it relates to you when you're driving home at two o'clock in the morning or how you're in the gym and motherfuckers is trying to doubt you. You got to remember, you know, that Hall of Fame, where you were when you listened to fucking like nothing is stopping you from me or what what fire did for me when I was going through a certain time. Toyota music when I was actually in a Toyota Corolla. Like literally, like no lie. I used to have one. I don't know what the fuck happened to that crash, that shit or something. I can't remember. It was too long ago. First Chain, like you said, a classic with him and Cuddy. I hope they become united again because we all know where that happened. Me and you talked about that earlier. That's some, that's some shit that I feel like hasn't got swept under the rug. Oh, and yeah. they them two need to address, hopefully they will, if they haven't yet, in the future. Because I like them on that song. When they do get on a song together, it's pretty good. I mean, they're one for one. Mona Lisa, like you said, you already admitted to liking that. I did like Mona Lisa. I didn't like Milf. Um that was trash. I didn't like MILF, but Damn, I, that's my
1: mama. Yeah, that's my
0: mama. I didn't like MILF, but I liked this time. Um I liked Ashley with Miguel. Um and you said you didn't like Mula with 2 Chains?
1: I no, Moolah but see, okay. I didn't like Mula to remix. I love Mula. Moolah is probably one of my favorites. So you didn't like
0: the remix with 2 Chains.
1: Yeah, cuz it got me Mill on it too. Mhm. Yeah, so that yeah, um facial hair in my mouth. But yeah, um like but yeah, no, I did not like the two chains version because I felt like the Moolah version was just him that was on Detroit mm-hmm. so much harder. Like how he started it off with the beat off and how he just came in full force. I was like, yo, that's the Big Sean I want every song, every
0: album. And I feel like um, I feel like Sean knew that because if if he did know that, like we talked about Hall of Fame and Detroit were around the same time. It's a reason why he ended up putting just himself on that Detroit mixtape yep. on the moolah because he probably heard around where people were like, mm, why you let so-and-so? Get on that, man. You French like, Montana you was really on that version too, though.
1: He was on the end, But he wasn't. I
0: mean, he was, at, at mean, he was doing French Montana. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, French yeah. Montana is like the DJ Khaled of rappers. Like, he, he's very good at networking and connecting and putting himself in the right situation. But he's not to me, he's not really like a rapper-rapper. And so um, he's
1: like an appetizer. When you go out to a restaurant, like you mm-hmm. will never order a French Montana. He's like, very good though. Like he's very he's,
0: good at being an appetizer. He's
1: he, <laughs> if you had to compare him to the appetizer, what would mm-hmm. he be? Um What's bloom, like your go-to appetizer? Bloomin' onion. I do rock with the bloomin' onion. Damn, bro. He's
0: bloomin' onion because bloom he's onion, good. Yeah, yeah. He's not the main course, but when he's he's a part of main courses, and when he's like preparing you for the main course, and when he's when he's on shit. He's, he's good. He's in a good, he knows how to put himself on the table, like the Bloomin' Onion. Like, <laughs> he knows how to put himself on the table right. with some heavy hitters. Right. And with some, cause Montana's a part of a lot of good fucking, like, classic hip hop songs just off of his networking and his charisma. That's why I call him the DJ Khaled of rappers. Right. Because he knows, he's been a part of classic moments like Don't Stop, like Stay Scheming. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: Stay Scheming was fire. Like, that's what
0: I'm saying. Like, he's been a part of classic moments where, like, Unforgettable. Like that—that that was a classic moment, and that was like that for me. Pushed Sway Lee's career to an even higher level because, like him, him dominating that fucking dad going chorus showed people like, oh shit, like. This guy is the star of Ray Shrimmer. Like that's yeah. we didn't even know this kid Slim could do that. Slim Jimmy. That 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 yeah. Shout out to Slim Jimmy. But that put Sway Lee to a whole nother like realm where Cass was like, yo, like let me call Sway Lee for a hook and do a feature. Yep. Yeah. And so like he's good at that connecting dots. He has a very good musical ear, where he he knows the beats to get on. He knows the songs that he knows gonna be hits to be on. Like like a blooming onion. He's he's the perfect appetizer in that realm. And he's good. He's good, but he's not gonna fill you up. But Sean, going back to Sean, one reason and we talked about this is um, I feel like he was at the way he was the way that he is with certain albums is because the direction of the label when you're when you're labeled like now that we're getting all the stuff starting to come out with this label, who knows how how long in array that good music has been not good, and shout out to Kanye for giving them half their masters back too yeah
1: that's right. that's dope. That's that's real dope because a lot of these artists get shafted when it comes to that, and Kanye been doing a lot of questionable things. But shout out to him because I saw Big Sean it back on, was like, "Thank you, they helped out a lot." Like shout out to him for doing that. But yeah, you could tell he was very disgruntled. Um, if you look at designer, designer left, like designer was like, "Fuck this." Then we can even talk about um, Tiana Taylor. And with her, one of the most slept on R&B artists, but I feel like her, her label don't know what to do with her. Like you could do so much with her, but they don't really know what to do with her. And I feel like a lot of her project, they don't ever promote her projects. Like they do some of these other artists projects. And I don't know if it's just Kanye or whoever running whatever's going on over there, but she should be like. A dominance when it comes to that R&B
0: soul category. Yes, because she has a total package. She's beautiful. She can sing. She can dance. And she can she can do it all. What I think it comes down to is the simple fact of kind of like the same thing what comes to mind for me with Michael Jordan. He was a phenomenal player, but he may not be the best owner. You know, and it's the same thing. You know what? For real. And no, it's the same real. when it comes. Some artists can't manage other artists. They're good, especially, like, when you got geniuses like Kanye West that already got too much on his mind being a fucking genius and all the other shit that he's trying to be because he's a renaissance man and he's like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. I want to do that and I want to do this. I'm going to make my own clothing line. I'm going to do this. This man is not focusing on artists. He's, he's not, not. And, and, and whoever's in charge, like, that comes back down to, like, if you want to be the head, you have to you have to surround yourself with a good – cabinet and a good team that's really gonna do this he never kanye didn't surround himself up until um now i feel like i see i see Pusha t really trying to be intact with artists i right. see him actually like going and meet cats in the studio i see him actually searching for a A&R, and like a and r as well like i see him signing artists like valet i like valet from chicago he has a unique style um i see him actually doing that and pursuing cats and trying to like be there for artists. Yay, being yay being there for artists was putting them on certain songs, um, and yes, signing them, but not giving them the placement that they deserve, like a Tiana Taylor, like a uh, like a Mr. Hudson that we haven't heard of since fucking forever young, forever young. You know, certain artists like ended up having to leave yay because they seen where the direction was gonna go and was like, well, I'm 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 not trying to dag on, um, be on a shelf. And not looked at where I know I had the potential to um be a star. That's why that's why Travis has a lot of love for Ye and signed there as producer, but he didn't sign there as an artist. Right. Because he saw the potential of himself and where he wanted to go and knew that Ye wasn't gonna have enough time to do that. Because he already worked with him previously with my Dark Twisted Fantasy. He's seen the the orchestration of how he can be a great orchestrator, but maybe not a good when um A and R.
1: Did you and, notice he don't have anybody from good music on Detroit too.
0: Um, no, I didn't notice that until you just said it just now. But that goes back into what I was saying with um, I feel like we're witnessing um, we're witnessing the falling of good music. Ye is trying to sell good music. Like that is the rumor. That's what I've been I heard that Ye is trying to sell good music. And it's funny because I remember back in the day. When I was like in my flow and shit like that, I was like, that was like a dream for me. That was a right. dream for a lot of people, whoever, like those two particular. And Pharrell did a good job because Pharrell shut his shit down. And One of my like, favorites. Yeah. Pharrell shut his shit down because he realized this isn't for me. This isn't for me. I'm too busy to be a daggone AR and a CEO of this record label. So Star Trek is no more. Mm-hmm. Star Trek is no more. I'm gonna give you Tiana Taylor. Push, clips, you guys can have your contracts, do whatever you're going to do because my mind frame is on something else. I can't do it. And I feel like Ye is finally starting to do that. Realize that why it's too late because you got these artists like a Sean, like a Dagon, like a um the girl you just named, uh, Tiana Taylor. Legend got out of there after a couple years because he was like, all right, I'm big enough now where I can be my own artist. Uh, cause you remember John Legend was signed a Good. he's
1: the other rapper that was signed in there too? My phone is acting weird. Um, GL,
0: not, GL was signed. Common was signed.
1: Common was signed. Um, um it was somebody who can spit. God, cause he had some dope mixtapes too. What's
0: the name still signed there? Um, the man. one who got into a fight with Joe Button. What's his name again?
1: Oh, oh Consequence. Who, is that Consequence? Yeah,
0: Consequence. Uh, Who's the other dude I'm thinking of though that always gets overlooked? But it's been loyal to Ye. Um, uh, what's my boy's name? He just came out with a really good album last year. He's from uh, he's from Atlanta and he he writes a lot of shit for Ye. He has like a gap tooth. He has a gap in his mouth. Ooh. Um damn. It's gonna it's gonna kill me if I don't. But I say I say that to say he sh- he should have got into the mind frame of like for real and been like, you know what? If I can't be here for these artists, which he is now finally, and he's apologizing for it. he's he's like you say, he's giving people half of their masters. But just imagine um, if he was there in the beginning stages of good like how he should have been and took it off to the level like how it could have been. Right. And I feel like that's one of the things that maybe a lot of people didn't feel um, because for me, I liked Sean in the beginning. Like and then we're talking about the stages of me in the beginning being a clubber. That's probably why I liked Sean more. Is because a lot of his Sean earlier had, cuts was club joints. had anthem club joints in the beginning. So that makes sense why I would like him as opposed to Cole in my younger years. But as as Sean has got older, to me his albums have got better. They have. Like I like it's for me from like you said like the Detroit mixtape, um, proved that we can get the Sean that we want if he controls his shit if he controls his shit, right? He had too many people talking in his ear. And we, like, the elephant in the room with Sean that a lot of people don't, Sean hasn't even talked about, He's he's did a little subliminals, but people haven't really pressed him on it. The elephant in the room with Sean is, a lot of people fail to realize that he was getting compared and his biggest dude, wasn't Cole, was Drake. A lot of people were, were like, especially in good, were, were comparing him to Drake. And I feel like he was trying to, reach that plateau of battling that all the time. And here this guy is that I'm trying to dag on, do numbers equally with, but my CEO is fucking with him more than he's fucking with me. And you know what else hurt Sean too? Not
1: only was he getting compared to Drake, that Kendrick a fiasco hurt him a lot too. Once Kendrick was on control and everybody was like, damn, you know, that was big Sean track, but Kendrick bodied him on it. And then they had whatever little riff that they had going on. It was one of them things like, damn, Big Sean, I thought you was like a bars. Like, I thought you had bars. And anytime you hear Kendrick be like, I hear you tiptoeing around my name. Like, you just say it. I'm like the boogeyman.
0: Yeah, because he never really responded. And I feel like um, that should have been addressed, like how he just did it on... Um, Detroit 2. Detroit too. how it wasn't really an issue, but it was made a big issue than it was. Even if it wasn't an issue, I feel like that may have been a chink in the armor. It was. Or for Big Sean, because people or putting the response on him, like, bro, like, what are you doing response? Because Kendrick, if you guys know hip-hop, whoever has an ear for hip-hop's for me, anyway, Zell, of course, as well, because he he has the lyrical ear. You know when somebody's spitting some subliminals. Yeah. And Kendrick has been spitting subliminals at a couple niggas for a minute. For a while. And some we're of talking them, even on to yeah. Pimp a Butterfly, which yeah.
1: was like a, a conscious album. Yeah. That and nigga still
0: got consciously in your ass, <laughs> like for real. Like he still was like slicing and dicing. Cats like some. Right. Ooh, okay. Like a couple like Drake subliminals, a couple Big Sean subliminals, especially after that verse that happened on that shit with um Jaleet. But I feel like that's one of the chinks um, in his armor, just like I feel like one of the chinks in Drake's armor is not responding. I feel like Drake, as much as they say it would have went to World War III and like how I kind of agree with Push, how he was like, ain't nobody speaking. Like you remember on the Joe Budden podcast, he was like, ain't nobody speaking for me. Exactly. He was like the fact that Jay, he was like the, pe- the fact that Jay Prince had to step in. That's a dub for me. The fact that this dude had to make an apology Another about this man. Shit, that that he had to make an apology about that 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 blackface shit that he did. That's a dub for me. He was just naming the dubs. The fact that he didn't response, he was like the response never came out. And he's talking about how it would have been like brutal and would have went to war. He's like. That's a dub for me. Ain't nobody talking for me, man.
1: Exactly. And like I told you uh, prior to the podcast, I was like, I think Pusha T is the best on the label because Pusha T did something no other artist can have done since he made Drake bleed. Like people don't realize like people putting Drake on a pedestal. It was like, ah, Drake is the best lyricist. He can make songs. He's so good at this. La da da da. Mm -hmm. But when Pusha T dropped that. That um, what was it? The Taylor uh, Adidon or whatever. When he really got into Drake ass, he was like, you know, you said this one thing. I'm gonna make it ring, like uh, whatever Pusha T wife name is. He was like, nah, Michelle you, Williams. You you holding you hiding a whole kid. Let that world, let that kid see the world. Like mm. he went in his ass, and he stopped that man Adidas deal. Like, and Drake was quiet for a couple of weeks before he even responded because he knew he was in the wrong. And whatever Drake and Kanye got going on. Pusha T was like, "Nah, I'm gonna stand by my man, you know, I'm gonna stand by my homie." Which I also think put Big Sean in a weird predicament because it was like, "I'm cool with Drake, but Pusha T is my boss." Yeah. So it's like, "Damn, yeah, I I, agree. I, I'm I'm not really trying to get into this, and then I'm still dealing with this Kendrick shit." And then I think he had mentioned too that to, Big Sean was dealing with like depression and all this other stuff. You know, he lost his grandma, so yeah. I think he was just put in a bad place. And you could tell when his to me, you could tell when his music was reflecting that. I felt like he was trying to please the, the label too much. Um, he didn't really want to be on no Game and Fifty Cent type shit. Like, nah, I'm just not gonna say anything at all because if I say nah, I'm cool with them. They're like, well, what the fuck you doing, homie? And you over here. So mm-hmm. he really wasn't I responding. Agree. He wasn't doing any of that. He really was just quiet, and he took a a good little break. But I'm not saying Big Sean is not a great artist. I like Big Sean a lot. I'm just
0: you're just saying that's a chink in his armor. And I that's do a, too. And I compared to an Cole,
1: at least to me, Capole, oh, Cole. at least to me, Cole is consistent. Where Big, you Sean, know, say nobody
0: ever came at Cole.
1: Is that, oh, no, only, what, one dude? I think, what, Lil Pump or whatever? Or um, Perp, uh, Smoke Perp? Exactly. People don't want no beef with Cole. Yeah, because that nigga
0: pulled up on Perp. He had, he a, did. He had a conversation Pumped. with him. He guy. had a whole
1: conversation <laughs> with him. And you could tell like that a kid brother. was ner- nervous. And that kid, you could tell he didn't have no media training. You could mm. tell he didn't know what to say, no PR training or whatever. And Cole was talking to him like man to man. Mm. Only person who came to Cole is um, Kanye, but had never been on track. Like Mm. Kanye be tweeting, like yo, I don't appreciate what Cole said. Even Cole went at Wale on his track, and they homeboys. Yeah, and Wale, Wale never respond because I feel like Wale should follow the lane what Big Sean do, and I think Big Sean know his lane, and he now,
0: now Big Sean knows his lane. He does know his lane. He knows his lane now, and that's what we. That's what another thing. Even with I feel like, and Cole, he knew what he wanted to be. I feel like Cole came into it with a Kobe mindset, like, I want to be one of the greatest. Right. He knew he had the bars that he did and the dedication that he could prove himself to be the greatest. But runarounds and maybe some of them beats came from Yes Man as well, mm-hmm. like that I'm talking about. Certain beats, and it's the same with Sean. I feel like Sean can go down as one of the best if he does it his way. He still has a hell of a career he can he still do. Same thing with Cole. Like, this, this is just chapters of their book of life that they could still. I still don't think, like, I still don't think personally neither one of them have put out their best work yet. Because I would love to hear him as a fucking, like, father. Like, I, we heard, like, the beginning stages of it for a little bit on all, for, for your eyes. But, like, this, this, this realm that I feel like, and maybe I might be speaking the shit up, awakening a monster in Cole. Cause yeah, I hear about the Light rumors, but he's a he's a lyricist. Cole ain't going nowhere. All right. I would love to hear a Cole album now, where he's like, we're talking about CEO battling with this black shit that's going on, being on the front lines, being a father, being a husband. That album would be fucking phenomenal. If he if he if he like I know he will in due time. That album is going to be something crazy, just like this Detroit, too. For me, is something different for for, for Big Sean because he's giving people best of both worlds. I feel like if we can get a code where he's
1: on his Friday night lyricism, where he's on his um, Forest Hill Drive type of uh, music and type of tracks where he's giving you kind of that consciousness of KOD um, and that for your eyes. I feel like that will be a mega code. If you have that type of cold, Like the on, perfect cocktail. Oh, it, that would, it, that would it, be like perfect, the perfect cold perfect. cocktail. Before yeah. we even run out of time, give me your uh favorite Big Sean albums in order and then your favorite J. Cole albums in order.
0: Okay. Um, let's see. I can give you I can give you my let's uh favorite Big Sean album in order. Uh oh, you can man. even just give me your top three. Uh no, I give it to you in order. Okay, I give okay. all of them in order. Ain't ain't nothing. Ain't nothing to me. I can I can do that. Let me let me let me start. I'll start from my favorite to my least favorite. Big Sean. We'll start with Big Sean first. Okay. So most favorite, most favorite for me, it's and I'm looking at it too. It's looking at either I decided or Dark Sky. Cause I, re- I as I've gotten older, i like Dark Sky. But um, I mean, as I've gotten older, I've like I decided. Man, that's tough, bro. I think I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna have to go with. Um, what's the ending of that one though? The ending of Dark Sky is deserve it. One man can change the world. That's I think, a dope song. Yeah, I think, but I decided it got, like I said, voices in my head, Sacrifice is bigger than me. I'm gonna go with Dark Sky. Dark Sky is probably my Dark Sky is my favorite album right now, currently today. Then I would say, I would say, um, I would say Detroit 2. Okay. Then I would say I decided. And Hall of Fame. Yeah, you're going to hate me for this shit. You know I hate Hall of Fame. You're going to hate me for this because people hate this worse than fucking Hall of Fame. I'm putting double or nothing before. Oh, my God. I'm putting double or nothing before Hall of Fame, bro. Double or
1: Nothing is the worst. I big, love that shit, body of work. I, I love that. I shit. I look forward to that because I do like Metro Boomin. I love what he do with Twenty One Savage. I love what he do with other artists. When's the last time you listened to it? <sighs> it's been that's the one I skipped when I told you, you I listen, listen to, to it again today. I might listen to it today. He said I might listen I, to it again. <laughs> I might listen. Check to it out today. again today, bro. Check I, it out. I hate it. The only song on there that stick out to me
0: is the one with him. I think in Cash Dog. Mm-mm. That, that's that's. That's probably one of my least favorite songs on there. I hate it. Um. Listen to Savage Time again. Listen to, I'm going to tell you two songs. to just listen to these two songs again, and then you probably would want to listen to this, this shit again. Listen to Savage Time again. I'm going to sing you this shit. Okay. You might forget. Savage Time and In Tune. Those two songs alone, I feel like you'd be like, all right, this shit wasn't that bad. No Hearts, No Love, the track ending. You know, like the album ending with that is fucking dope. That, to me, was a great, because it had the combination of what I like. I love great fucking beats, and that's what I was talking about with Cole the beginning stage I didn't like. I liked him rapping on a producer who I love the beats from. That's why probably why I like Detroit, too, equally as much as I like I Decided. It may be my second in front of fucking I Decided. I think I said that. It's in front of I Decided because majority of I Decided, and the majority of Detroit too is um, produced by Hit Boy, and I okay. fuck with Hit yeah, Boy. Yeah, I, I fuck really with like Hit Boy too. Shit. Okay, and so uh, that's probably why I like that. I like the combination when you have some. You know, I, I'm really a sucker for good beats, and I like my artists getting off on it. That's why I like the new Nas album because it really had him on beats that I know he could like. He I've been wanting to hear him on for a minute. And Nas again.
1: is horrible when it comes to beat selections. Yeah, he he took horrible. that to
0: the side. And let these guys do it for him right this time with the, this one that came out. And right. So I like that.
1: Prior to my trip here, um, Dark Paradise was gonna be my number one. If we're not counting mixtape, Detroit is my favorite body of work from Shawn. Detroit, the first one. Mm-hmm. But
0: um, when this I was- is just part one of the segment, too, guys. We have we can talk about this for a whole nother hour. We still got to do like a twenty for twenty. Like we're just giving you our albums right now. We're gonna really break this shit down next episode.
1: All right. But- I think I decided when I was listening to it coming here, I was like, damn, I do like this. So probably I decided and then Dark Paradise and then followed by um uh maybe Detroit 2. I'm still like, you know, digesting it, so I really can't say. Detroit two might be a little bit higher. Um then probably finally famous the album, not the mixtape. Um, then probably um Hall of Fame is probably there. And if we count in other mixtapes, then it's, it's the, the Metro
0: Boomin' tra- track. Um, so that's the last one for you. That's the last one.
1: <laughs> I, I, hate that. I thought Hall of Fame was, but no. it's That Metro Boomin' Big Sean thing, mm. last one. Now, what are we talking about?
0: Love it. Cole. Love that shit.
1: Favorite Cole album. That's easy. Forest Hill Drops is number one. Just um, going to surprise you. Born center is number two.
0: That's not surprising to me. You liking Born Center like that. I do like Born Center. Why do you love Born Center so
1: much? Uh, Why do I like Born Center so much? Because I think I like how he did take a lot of the beats that we kind of grew up in with and he just re kind of remade those beats and how he kind of really went over that. Like, you know, this is the shit I used to grow up with Louisville with. It's basically art of storytelling by Outcast. So it's like a lot of those different beats that I grew up as a kid hearing my dad and sister play. I'm like, oh, I can hear my own version of it. Um, fucking forbidden fruit with Kendrick Lamar. To me, it's a classic. I want to hear a track with him and Kendrick actually both going bar for bar. Uh, they need to give us that. They need to stop bullshitting and give us that. Uh, Rich niggas love that shit, bro. Because that's how you feel, man. If a plane crash and probably kill his lame ass, I'd be glad as that, nigga. Like you know, it's to me a lot of Born Center was him really kind of stepping out of that, you know. I'm tired of being showy, tired of being a dollar in a dream. I really want to kind of give you my
0: legacy. So, Born Center is number two. Let me two. show my ass real quick. I feel like it was like Yeah, that exactly. Well. KOD, um,
1: probably be 3 um, four, No, not For Your Eyes only. KOD, then probably Sideline Story. And then probably For Your Eyes only probably my least favorite, but not because I don't like it. It's because... It was, I think, it was a, a, a old to like his homeboy. I don't think it was like supposed to be an album. And because one of my favorite tracks on there, like "Neighbors," man, let me tell you about the neighborhood I live. That in. was a good song. Yeah, I around. live in that So we had order Uber Eats one day, and this was a, this was a black dude too. We had order Uber Eats. I came to the door. When I came to the door, he looked at me like, you ain't supposed to live here. (laughs) Like, even my girl saw it on, like, the uh, camera. She was like, why he looked at you like that? I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, he was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Even sometimes we have deliveries. They look at me like, what are you doing over here? So I know how that feels. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, especially in today's climates, like – you you know how that feel. Like the neighbors think I'm selling dope. or the neighbors like, How he afford it's like, you know, what do he do for a living? Yeah. So um that's one of my favorite J. Cole tracks, not makes my sense, favorite. Yeah. But yeah, so it's like if I had to kind of break it down like that, that's and I am not putting even Friday Night Lights or Truly Yours up there, one, two, mm. and three, but we could talk about that yeah. a whole nother time.
0: And other the group projects like Dreamers. Oh, uh, Dreamers. and Um
1: Yeah, the um uh, I think one of Big Sean's best verse of all time. It's Click.
0: Yeah. Like, I he
1: guess. he really th- stuck his chest out. Like, yeah, I'm with Jay and Kanye. Mm. I'm going to show
0: you. I'm about to go off. Like, he set the tone of yeah. that song. You never answered this question. Who had the better verse on Looking for Trouble? You know the song I'm talking about.
1: Uh, um, I have to go back and listen to it. Because I was actually listening to 24 Karate of Gold, because I forgot Jay Cole was on there, too. I forgot he was on there, too. Go back and listen to that on Detroit. And to be honest with you, they both... Like, it was like, you know, like macaroni and cheese. I know it's corny, but it, it meshed well because both of it, it had a nice little blend. It gave you two different styles. Mm. So I couldn't even, like, I could, I was going to come in here talking shit, be like, bro, <laughs> J. <Jack> Cole killed <laughs> him ready. On 24 characters Destroyed ago. Destroyed already. But I was like, nah, like, Big Sean really went in on it. And I think I listened to that track, and I was like, I got to go back and listen to it. So I, I'm going to say I don't have an answer to that. I'm going to be on something like I plead the fifth.
0: Oh, and looking for trouble?
1: Yeah, looking for trouble. Yeah. We'll, we'll, the next episode, I'll have an answer for you. Okay.
0: No. You'll have an answer for us next episode. I will. Okay. That sounds like a plan. This is as of late, guys. Azale, uh, Carolina. I'm getting tongue tied as I always do. <laughs> you guys are used to it. Carolina Prodigy. Enjoyed you as always, man. Uh, we'll see you next week where we talk about the continuation of Cole versus Big Sean and add some more wrestling to the flare. No point intended. Shout out to Rick Flair. Yeah, bro. I'm ready for this wrestling shit. Let's get it. All right. Yeah.